So right in front of me, there is this circular board with these cute little pictures of planets all around it. Each planet looks very unique in, in different colors. And some even have rings and moons around it. It's a board game. <laughs> it looks like a whole universe is right there on the board. And, and smack in the middle, we've got this plastic rocket ship totally stealing the spotlight. And before we hit record, we got to pick our colored pawns and place it around the spaceship right in the middle. So guys, what are we playing today? Okay, so this game is called Seekers of Asteroid. It's our first game. So we are actually in the future where intergalactic travel is possible. The players are people from different galaxies and we are all trying to find uh, an element called Asteroid that we found is in one of the 16 planets here. So Asteroid is so powerful that it, it could power the entire galaxy. So, um, you know, we are all uh, in a quest to uh, go there first. So whoever gets there first gets the glory of being the first one to, you know, identify um, Asteroid. So uh, that's the backstory, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a space pad and you have launch pads here. So in space, uh, there are seven research stations. So these research stations will give you a clue as to which is the planet that is holding asteroid. So we use this lab notes uh, to kind of uh, eliminate which planets it cannot be based on the clues or which planet it can be. And then we move around. Okay, so do you want to get started? So on Fridays at the office, before we head into the weekend, we take some time to, you know, wind down. And we play a lot of games in this hour and uh, uh, today we have two guests on the podcast, Vindya and Nivas. They're the founders of Zwata. I met Nivas a couple of months ago at an event and I was just amazed by what he does for a living, right? So you guys met at college, got married, moved to the US, you each had a job and then you quit that to move back to India to design and create board games? Like, how does that happen? So, in the US, actually, we had a big book of ideas. So, we always knew we wanted to come back to India and start our own company. So, we that was always in the plan. Before we came, the decision was not made as to what we are getting into. But we had a bunch of ideas that we were really interested in. And we, we decided to consciously take the time to come back to India, do the research from here, and then uh, take the next step. So wait, you, you guys didn't have a business plan before you packed your bags and came to India? Uh, no, but no. we had a book full of ideas. And that's what we came back with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now if you think about it, it does, <laughs> <laughs> it does feel scary. But, uh, I think it was never in our mind. Uh, that you know, okay, we are going to settle down here, or it see, was more—it was always the timing of when we are coming back. Yeah. It was never if we are coming back. See, for me, uh, it's always been more like you know an exposure and experience. Those so I grew up in Trichy, and then I did my schooling uh, in a boarding school uh, in Rasipuram. And for me to come from that to Chennai to MIT. Uh, that itself was a huge exposure for me. And after working here for three years, I felt, you know what, uh, for me to expand my exposure, I think I need to take up something that's outside my comfort zone. 
So that was the reason why we decided to go to the US, do our MBA, work there for some time. It's <laughs> not that we were not doing other things. We took our own vacations, you know, we splurged, but we still, we had a number. So we decided let's have a number. Once we hit that number, let's pack our bags and come back. Because we wanted to make sure that we were set financially before we come here. Uh, for a few years at least. You know, one day we were just like, you know, it's taking time. How do we speed this process? And then we just decided, you know what, there's this, there's 401k there, which is like our PF fund. Oh. So we decided, let's just break it. If we break it and pull the money from the 401k funds, we hit close to that number quickly. So I, I don't think that's a great financial <laughs> yes, you know, not, decision. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think people you know financial <laughs> Please don't do that. advise that. <laughs> uh, but it was more like, you know, we, we were just uh, driven by passion and at one point it felt like, you know, uh, there's positive and negative in both sides. You know, our route is here, right? The challenge is that uh, it's it's uh, when do you take that decision, yeah. right? Um, and we felt we were getting there as yeah. well, right? Yeah, yeah. You kind of get into a grind. Because you are like, okay, you go to work, come back, you know, go through the weekends, take vacations and, you know, you go in that loop and... You know, that's why one day we decided and we just booked a one-way ticket. And yeah. th that's all. That's what yeah. we did. Wow. Awesome. So, um, let's play our first hand. Sure. Yes. Yes. I'll um, start. Yeah, Vindya can start. You okay. can start first. So, you play a card and uh, it tells you what to do. Like, how many steps you can move and so on. Yes. And if you land on one of these, you get coins. And if you land on a research station, you get to view the clue. Right? Yes. Okay, let's do it. So it's a good idea to note down which labs you have visited. So that you don't go back to it. Just because like as we play the bowl, keep, you know, uh, rotating so that it has happened to me that I've visited the same lab multiple times. And yeah, it's your turn, I think. So guys, this is, this is really interesting. So how do you come up with games like these? Like, where does it start the whole thing? I think we have different ways of coming up with games, actually. Uh, he likes to come from the side of the theme. He likes to think about the theme first and then he likes to build a game uh, from the side angle of the theme. I do it differently the other way. I like to come up with the, with the overall strategy, like uh, the core of the game, basically. And I like to set a theme uh, towards the end. So I think the way we work is it's an amalgamation of both. Yeah, it kind of yeah. we complement each other in that way, which also results in a lot of lot of uh, arguments, arguments. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'm sure. Um, see, growing up in the '90s, I've I played my fair share of board games, and and this is something really cool. I've never seen anything like this. Like this was your first game, right? This was our yes. first game, yes. So how do you end up with something like this, right? Like. What goes behind creating something like this? We decided that it's going to be a clue-finding game. Like, yes. we love yeah. games where you, you know, you get a clue and then you use the clue to find something, like a treasure hunt kind of a game. So, this game, we targeted it for families, right? For families to play together uh, across all age groups. We wanted to make a game where uh, the parents and the kids play and it's not like the parents are just playing for the heck of it, right? See, children, they learn from adults and they learn a lot without actually, you know, you teaching through board games. Like, for instance, when you lose a game, uh, how you lose, uh, they, they, they'll pick it up from you. Like, you know, how to lose. How well you take losing. How well you take it, right? That's very true. I think 
children, especially at the early stages of development, they pick up a lot of clues just by observing, right? So coming back to, you know, designing this game or any game for that matter, how do you really uh, test it? Like uh, what kind of metrics that you measure or how do you really assess if a game is actually good to hit a market or not? We design a basic prototype first and then we take it to a lot of groups uh, uh, that for that target segment, basically. So uh, for Truthable, for example, right, we took it to multiple offices and we tested it with a lot of different people. And then once they play the game, we spend a lot of time in trying to get feedback, asking them what is good, what is bad. Even asking after is one thing, but we like to stand back and observe what's going on, right? Just just from the facial expressions or just based on how they are talking, that also gives you a lot of data, right? Are they really having fun? Is there some part of it that they're finding uh, boring? Uh, what's going on there? So that that we like to observe apart from the asking part. Okay, uh, before we move on, this research lab sucks. Do not come to this research lab. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so who are... Um, your primary target audience like what is the age group that you target primarily we are still narrowing it down i would say um we have games for different age groups we uh, recently uh, came out with a brand called ready bear for younger children for one to three years old and also we have separate games for uh, four to seven year olds and then for eight plus for adults as well. I think um, with having this portfolio, what it's done is it's given us a good insight into where the demand is, how the market is. He actually is very, very passionate about early childhood development. So that's an area that he absolutely wants to venture into. So you have a two year old, right? So do you ever test your products on your daughter? <laughs> I know that sounds pretty awkward. <laughs> no, but we call her our chief testing officer for Ready Bear. We really test out uh, products with her in the sense that we give her the prototype. Not just her, her and her friends as well. We see how they are taking to the games that we make for that age group. We... See, one of the challenging things with that uh, age group is that's a very rapid phase of development. So if you give a three-year-old's toy to a one-year-old, the child will be really bored because it's too complex for the child. Uh, you know, they'll explore a little bit, but they are not really, you know, exercising different parts of their developing skills through using that toy. A good toy should, uh, uh, see, the they are engaged with the toy as long as the toy is providing them, uh, you know, uh, the right the amount, right amount of, of challenge. It cannot, it shouldn't be too challenging or it shouldn't be too easy. So that's when they keep engaging with it. And I think more and more parents are realizing the importance of, you know, providing the right tools at that age group absolutely that's very true see this is what i noticed right like when i grew up i had to play with my friends i had to make friends and i had to play with them i either go out play hide and seek or physically invent a game for us to play or it was one of these board games that we used to engage on but we are in 2023 now and the whole dynamics of how kids play or even how adults keep themselves engaged. The way we socialize with each other have, have drastically changed, especially with rise and fall of games like PUBG and other mobile games. So how do you think 
board games stack up against mobile game for example see phones have games which are great i mean but uh, there is a lack of the social interaction and the social element right which is huge uh i think that's one of the main reason board games are important it brings people together it's much more fun when you know a group of you are sitting together and playing and i think that is unparalleled i don't think any uh computer game or phone game can do that the kind of games that we are really passionate about making are uh, more on the strategy side so all our board games um they are different from the ones that we are used to like you know snake and ladder or ludo or for instance even monopoly or business in the sense that in those games there's a lot of luck involved as in like you roll a dice whatever the outcome you know comes through the dice that's what you play right you don't have any control over how the game revolves so the games that we make are um, you know we want players to think and play so they are strategic so you will be able to to an extent control like you know how you want to play uh, how you want to so there will be multiple paths for your victory yeah, there's no one way to victory there are multiple strategies that you could use and that you could change as and when the game progresses oh brilliant so vindya i see that you are getting ready to guess where the asteroid is i'm down to 4 so it's still 1 in 4 for me and you've got it of course you've got it you played it a million <laughs> times thank you so much guys for coming in and bringing all your games and making this friday such a fun time for us well that was fun uh, thank you thank you very much for having us and yeah. uh, you know uh giving us a platform to tell our story so that you know really appreciate it well that was vindya and nivas from zwata if you want to play seekers of astrot or any other games by zwata you can visit their website zwata.com that's z v a t a.com my personal favorite was wizards of edor do check it out You can also pick up a Zwata game at Amazon or visit a Crossword store. If you like this episode, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. The humans behind this episode are Datisha and Darsh who help with content. Subhash creates those stunning visuals that you see online. Abhishek handles our social media and a special thanks to Darni for making this episode possible. I'm AJ and we'll see you next week. This podcast was produced by Uber Saga. Hold up.